Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. On today's Movies Talk, Jared Leto shares his thoughts on the recasting of The Joker. Then we're getting a double dose of Billy Porter. And also Warner Brothers has a training day prequel in the works on today's Movie Talk. Happy Friday, everyone. It's almost the weekend, but first, you got a big dose of movie news coming your way today. Joining me on the panel will be Jeff Snyder and Matt Donato. But first, our call sheet. The top story on today's list, of course, are those Jared Leto quotes, because THR is reporting that Jared Leto, who, of course, played Joker in Suicide Squad, was alienated and upset by the move made by Warner Brothers to make a Joker spinoff movie featuring another actor. Next up, here we've got a Jeff Snyder exclusive another Warner Brothers story they have tapped blacklist scribe Nick Yarbrough to write a prequel to the 2001 crime drama Training Day that of course starred Denzel Washington and also Ethan Hawke sources are saying that this prequel is set nearly a decade earlier in the late April of 1992 and is going to follow a younger version of Alonzo Harris who was of course played by Washington now we're moving on over to yet another Martin Scorsese quote During an interview with Sight and Sound, Scorsese said de-aging technology could be the hair and makeup of the future. Here's the exact quote. If you look at an older film, there was an acceptance by the audience where the hair is powdered or you know that that's makeup and that the mustache is fake. But you went with the illusion. But I know that's makeup. So as a viewer, I go with the illusion. I give you something back so I can get something from the world that you're trying to depict for me and the characters. It's another level of that, I think. And ultimately, it might be superior in the long run to creating an illusion rather than having to apply prosthetics and that sort of thing. Mind you, we did a great deal of makeup on the film, too. Oh, hey, look, we've got another Jeff Snyder scoop here. And this is a cool one because it involves Emmy winner Billy Porter. Uh, times two here, actually. Apparently, Porter is being eyed to voice the man-eating plant Audrey 2 in The Little Shop of Horrors over at Warner Brothers. And then on top of that, Porter is also in talks for Sony Cinderella movie from Blockers director Kay Cannon. Apparently, that film is now being referred to as Rebel slash Dreamer, a new type of Cinderella. And sources are saying that Porter has been tapped to play the 
the fabulous Godfather. All right, we're moving on over to some El Camino coverage. We're going to have a brief review later in today's show. But first, because El Camino is now available on Netflix, there's a chance that you might need a little bit of a Breaking Bad refresher. And thankfully, Matt Goldberg of Collider.com has you covered. If you want to do a little catch-up after the show, head on over to the Collider.com and read Goldberg's article, and then you'll be ready to go for Camino. Now, we've got a little video package for you from an interview with Chloe Moretz for the upcoming Adams Family movie. Check it out. That was the big thing for me, is I wanted to feel not like, oh, that's Chloe Moretz just saying words. I wanted to feel like this is Wednesday Adams, and I really wanted to fit myself into this different character. And it really started off where my first session, I was really sick and I was really nasal. <laughs> and we actually ended up keeping that uh, for the rest of the movie. So that's also why it it's kind of has so much resonance to it like that, because I was sick originally doing it. Um, and I think it really worked out for the character in a strange way. 100%. Uh, yeah. One of the things that people probably don't realize about recording for animation is that things can really change during the recording process. Tons. Right, so I'm curious, how did it change from when you first started recording to yeah. what people are going to see on screen? Oh, big time. I mean, we were even doing uh, changes to it a month ago. I mean, that it comes out in a month, so right. we were, yeah, a month and a half ago I was doing pickup lines and changing to dialogue um, and expanding of certain moments at the ending sequence, the big ending sequence. Um, so I think there's a freedom to be able to rewrite history a little bit when you do animation. You can, you can, you know, kind of fudge it a little bit Completely. here and there. Yeah, which is which is really nice because then I don't have to actually go reshoot on a set. We just get to go into a booth and do a couple pickup lines for five minutes, and then go home. Uh, one of the things about recording is that sometimes, most of the time, you're recording by yourself. Mm -hmm. Did you ever record with other people or? No, only sometimes you get to record with other people. But on this one, I mean, obviously the cast is is so great and so wonderful, but everyone is really working consistently throughout the year, so none of us have the time. There's a couple sessions where we almost got to be in the same room, but it ended up, most of the time, the lines on both sides of the scene change, so it's better to be not locked into each other's dialogue, so they can kind of change and shift us around in the scene if they have to. All right, it is time to welcome our panelists to the table. Matt and Jeff, Hi. Hola. What's happy up? Happy Friday. Yeah, you're all happy because of some football last night, aren't you? <laughs> it was a great game. Yeah, Pat's game was good. But no, I'm, I'm exhausted. Uh, stayed up late to watch El Camino. Oh, Ooh. we are going to get to that after Matt Donato shows off his T-shirt for the day. Are we doing this yet? Yes, we are. Pancakes. Come on. <laughs> if you get the reference, please go into live because Perry did not get it immediately. I didn't. I, I, was, didn't very, I, wouldn't have I was very either. disappointed I was in myself. I, wanted, I think she would have got it first. I don't no want to spoil it for anybody fan. out there playing the guessing game, but I can't even count the amount of times I've watched that movie. I got to rebrand myself. It's been a little while. Maybe that's one to add to the uh, the October Halloween list for me. There you go. I need a rewatch, um, but I also need to carve out time to watch El Camino because I go to bed like a grandma and I wasn't staying up until midnight last night, but Jeff Snyder did. So oh, we are going to uh, give you the floor right now. Let's hear your brief El Camino review. I mean, I, I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was completely engrossing. I love watching Aaron Paul play this character. I could watch it until the end of time. I just don't know that I need to. It just felt like such a, a completely unnecessary epilogue to the series, which was perfect. I love the end of Breaking Bad. So, like, as much as I enjoyed spending two more hours with Jesse Pinkman, I really didn't need to. Huh. Okay. So, 
if you take out the the necessary element of it, does it st- and you take out like the connection maybe even to Breaking Bad, does it function as a full movie all on its own, or does it almost feel like an episode that was tacked on to it the end? It feels like two extra episodes. Um, I mean, there, you know, there's a lot of fan service. I'm not going to spoil anything, so don't worry. Um, I mean, it just it kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why Vince huh. Gilligan felt the need to do this to to like revisit it. Netflix money. Yeah, I mean, I I get it, but I, I you know I th- I've seen him give some quotes where he's like, maybe it is time for him to do something completely different, and and I think that it is. I don't know that we need to keep telling stories in this universe just because it tied off so nicely. Do you think that there is a possibility we're going to get more stories in this universe? Yeah, uh, obviously beyond Better Call Saul. I mean, any, anything's possible. You know, he created such a rich world down in Alper, uh, Albuquerque. Um, so you, you never know. I mean, you never know, you know, with, 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 with what the reaction is going to be to this. The reviews that I've read so far have kind of taken it to task. They haven't been that great. They're like, you know, El Camino run, runs out of gas or, you know, hmm. whatever it is. But again, I, I enjoyed the two hours, but I don't, this is not something that I'll like revisit, and I don't think fans are going to hold it up as like on par with Breaking Bad. Like The best part of this movie, frankly, is the three-and-a-half-minute recap that comes before it, oh. which like Netflix cut a hell of a recap. Do you, uh, do you revisit any of the Breaking Bad episodes? I mean, no, not really. I would okay. totally be down to rewatch that series, but... Uh, yeah, it's just when when that's why I'm nervous about the Sopranos too. I thought Sopranos had a perfect ep, uh, ending, and it's like now we're getting this movie next year, and it can only if it's not on par with the show, it can only hurt the legacy. Does it change think? how you feel about it though, knowing that's a prequel and this isn't? Does that maybe uh, give it more potential? Yeah, I, I suppose it's a little bit different. I, I, you know, I, I w- there's more that I want to say about El Camino, but I don't want to spoil it yeah, for folks yeah. on the show. So we'll talk about it, you know, n- more next week, maybe. Yeah, we can. If if you guys are interested, tell us in the comments below. Maybe we will do a little spoiler segment sometime in that, the future. I know a, I'm going to watch that's it. That's the thing. Like, you know, when movies come out on Fridays, they they typically play in theaters on Thursday nights. So a lot of people have still, you know, millions of dollars worth mm-hmm. of people have already seen it. At this point, though, you know, hit Netflix at midnight L.A. time. It's tough. Are you going to watch it? Oh, yeah, I'll definitely watch it. Again, I think of uh, Cloverfield Paradox and I hit after the Super Bowl and I had to turn review out because it's like, Netflix, why are you putting this out after everyone's been drinking all day watching football (laughs) and now I have to put a coherent review out? It wasn't your best work, Donata? (laughs) That is your best best work. work. Yeah, that might have been my best work. (laughs) Yeah, a couple beers in at like something like four o'clock in the morning. Is that that your sweet spot? Yeah, I logged it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. You've been at festivals with me. You know how this goes. Oh, I know. (laughs) All too well. All right, let's move into our first panel discussion today. We are talking a little bit about Jared Leto's reaction to Joaquin Phoenix getting cast in The Joker. He is uh, not happy about it, and the terms he specifically used were uh, it made him feel alienated and upset. So you hear this, and do you feel for him at all, or is it a kind of situation where, like, dude, it is what it is. The studio has the rights to the character, and there's nothing you could do about it. I'm not upset because alienated and upset were the same words that his co-stars on Suicide Squad used when working with him. I mean, I went back to reread everything he put them through on that set and sending them everything from condoms to anal beads to uh, switchblades and dildos. Like, this dude went full force into being the Joker. 
but uh, he made it a nightmare for everyone that worked with him to the point where Viola Davis even wanted to pepper spray him. And like she used that as a quote. I'm not making that up. So, yeah, uh, he kind of chased himself out of that role. But also, if you look at the Joker, the film itself that Todd Phillips put forward, that's not the Joker that Leto is playing. Like, it's a completely different character. He was the Hot Topic Joker and the one we got from Joaquin Phoenix, a completely different breed. So I don't even know how you could be mad that you weren't cast in that role. How do you feel about it, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, it's not part of the same universe like joker exists on its own i don't think that being cast as a character for one film you know makes you entitled to play the character anytime you know the character is used uh, down the line uh i think that the suicide squad antics stuff is kind of overblown i don't think you know his co-stars you, you guys can send me anal beads and dildos and oh, switchblades God. it's not gonna piss me off like it's not gonna like make me freak out or anything uh i think that people in hollywood are, are used to all kinds of pranks and what not uh so so that's kind of been blown out of proportion um but because warner brothers brought him back he's in the denzel washington rami malik movie little mm-hmm. things like warner brothers is eager to work with the, the guy again i you know i understand feeling raw about missing out on such a great role like joker is like you know uh, he's probably like oh why couldn't i have played this version but you know you, dude you already have your oscar so what are you cry- what are you complaining about yeah taking out all of the the stuff that happened like around him or things that he he caused for other people i don't know just thinking about it like you know what if what if someone did exactly what i do in the same place i understand feeling bad but that's as far as i go with it because you're right it's two completely different characters and i don't know who knows maybe the door isn't entirely closed to him for the joker that he created i mean the fact that these quotes are out there at all does make me you know a little wary about him ever returning whether it's in birds of prey or or Suicide Squad, well, but I guess you never know. I was going to say, didn't they say he's definitely not in Birds of Prey? Maybe Suicide Squad, but I did. I, I thought it was known that he's not coming to Birds of Prey or anything of that nature. Um, but also, too, the fan reception wasn't as great for his Joker as well. And, you know, we kind of see how fans dictate the way that movies are now being made. So I think that has something to play in it, too, where you have to recognize the fact that, like, when your Joker becomes a meme instead of something that's iconic... Uh, that kind of plays against you as well for being recast. What did you think of Joker? I'm curious. Uh, I mean, of, of Jared Leto's Joker. Did you like it? Forget the fans. It fits within the world of that single Suicide Squad movie that I didn't love, but also I wasn't as negative on the Suicide Squad movie as everyone else was. So, like, it fit the type that he was playing. I feel like it was a little overblown. It was a little too cartoonish, which, again, I know is what he was trying to do, but it just was so jarring at times. I think very few cast members came out of that movie unscathed, not by their own doing, but because of the story and the structure of the movie overall and just how the whole thing was executed. So it almost doesn't even feel fair to judge his specific performance because admittedly I did walk out of Suicide Squad wanting more of Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn which we're getting and curious to see what he would do with more substantial material but I feel like what he got in Suicide Squad is just not worth judging his potential going see, forward. See that's what I think. I thought Jared Leto was was fine as the Joker. I, I wanted to see more from him. Like I, I was an interesting interpretation and I would be down to spend more time with, with that iteration of the character in future films set in that kind of universe. But yeah he 
just, just trapped in a horrible movie. So. Well, I think yeah. James Gunn could have a lot of fun with that character. Me too. That, Me I too. think that could be the saving grace there. Put him back in the film in that with the director who can work with that parameter. Uh, but also, you know who did Escape Unscathed from that Suicide Squad? Jai Courtney. I Captain knew you Durant. were going to say it. I knew Amazing you were going to say it. He was good. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Jai Courtney fan, especially in that role. But uh, let's play some bets right now. Will Jared Leto ever return to the big screen as Joker? Um, I'd put money that I'm actually going to go yes. We okay. have another Suicide Squad. I think the door is still open, like you said, and it's possible. I am also going to say yes, as long as Margot Robbie is playing harley quinn yep. like that unit that the door to that universe is open and he exists there yeah i think i'm going to agree with you and even if he doesn't come back in maybe new footage in birds of prey i don't think that means a flashback isn't in the realm of possibility so i still think he's got a chance at i mean it shapes back. her character the way that she's yeah. being his it's a, it's a huge deal yeah. i mean the way she references it even in the trailer alone i mean mm-hmm. that clearly has defined the position that she's in yeah totally all right let's move on to story number two. Oh, hey jeff why don't you talk a little bit about this one? Because it's your exclusive. This is, we're starting with Billy Porter, right? No, we're going to start with uh, training day. Oh, okay. oh, no, no. I'm looking at the call sheet. I'm terrible. Yes. All Billy right. Porter, yes, please. Billy Porter. Uh, so I had reached out to Sony yesterday morning about him uh, being in talks to play the fairy godmother, who's now going to be known as the fabulous godfather in this Cinderella movie. And I never heard back. And then later in the afternoon, THR drops this story. And I was like, oh, I'm pushed. Billy Porter's people never call me back. And so I, I put out what I'd heard, which is that he is in the mix, being eyed, whatever it is, top choice, to voice Audrey 2. Right? That's how we're going. Audrey 2? Yeah. in uh, little Tui. Sh- Tui. In, in <laughs> the Little Shop of Horrors remake. Now, there really hasn't been any news on Little Shop of Horrors for three years since it was originally announced. However, a couple months ago, it did get a California uh, film and tax credit. And you don't get those credits. You don't even apply, bother to apply for those credits unless you're planning to put a movie into production. So this is imminent for Warner Brothers. Uh, over the years, I'd heard all kinds of different you know, casting rumors for Seymour, um, but, uh, but never anything for, for Audrey too, Tui. And Billy Porter, I think, is a great choice. Like, he, he's, he's got a certain attitude that I think uh, the character could really benefit from. And it's all about, you know, who he's going to be paired with. But yeah. Billy Porter is super hot right now coming off that Emmy. And I, I like both these moves for him. The only reason I have any attachment to Little Shop of Horrors is because when I was in middle school and I was in band class and the teacher didn't feel like teaching, he would wheel out the TV oh, and yeah. put, put in a VHS recording of a stage production wheel of Little Shop TV. of Horrors. I remember that, too. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of awful. It was kind of awful. But I have like a little bit of a, like a sweet spot, a spot in my heart for this. And I also think now is probably a good time to bring it back, especially if you have a name like Billy Porter attached. And I'm sure they're eyeing some pretty big names for the rest of the roles lady gaga is in the mix already i mean if depending on who the male lead is they're saying lady gaga could be the female i kind of i kind of like that and then you compare also billy porter you know getting the role versus who is up for it you know looking at like harry styles and joseph gordon levitt and zach efron Mm. all fine choices but also kind of expected in a way for a musical adaptation i just like throwing porter in there for like a you know a bit of vibrancy I think Ben Platt is the way to go. Just like Ben Platt oh, is so hot right now, yeah. I, I think he would make a great Seymour. And and you know the uh, all, the thing I also include in the story is that Chris Evans has been lobbying <laughs> for the role of the dentist. So it's like if you got a big star as the dentist, then maybe you don't need a gigantic uh, Harry Styles or whoever as Seymour. I wonder if my fear of dentists came from that movie. 
Like I, I wonder. Maybe, maybe it was. It's, it's possible, but maybe I would see the dentist if Chris Evans was the. Dentist. Did you ever see the dentist horror movie? I, I, I was going to say that I was can. the one yeah. for me. I mean, like, that, <laughs> the dentist horror movie that's was actually, the one that set me off. That's actually one of the very few horror movies out there that I, I'm just going to pass oh, on because I don't, I don't, I don't need that in my life. It's like my two fears are dentists and bees. Yeah. I will watch, you know, I'll watch Candyman and things with bees in it. For whatever reason, though, a dentist crosses a different line. I do not ever want to see a movie. I about can't a watch dentist. my girl, but for a different reason. <laughs> not I'm not, the bees. I, don't know I just cry. To, I don't know where to go there. Oh, <laughs> Jeff knows how to cry. I cried you this actually, morning. You are, you are a big. <laughs> admittedly, you are. You're a movie crier. I drove in and watched the end of Warrior today. Uh, while I was driving on the highway, just because oh, I like dude, listening to that version that. of the national song, interesting, and uh, and yeah, uh, I cried. All right, so. let's let's talk a little bit about this uh, this Cinderella idea too. Um, so we obviously know that Disney has kind of cornered the market on these live action adaptations. So, what do you think, Sony's? possibilities are with another Cinderella story, especially if he gets involved there, too. They're assembling a nice little group there. It's just how do you compete with the mouse? You have to be so different. You have to give something that Disney cannot do and won't do because they have a product and they're going to keep to that. Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad thing. It, it works. They know how to make these movies. And, you know, I love the Jungle Book adaptation. I love that kind of stuff that they're doing. But for Sony, you cannot compete with them on their level. You have to take it to a different level, get creative, and find a way to make your Cinderella. So based on what you've heard of this rendition of Cinderella, do you think that's exactly what they're going to do here? Because that is how I read it. That's how I read it, too, and that's why I said that. So I hope that's where they're going. I hope that's what they have in mind. Everything is saying that right now, but when you start shooting and things come together, sometimes you start or as you stop taking risks, I might say. So I hope they stick with the vision that they have in mind. There's something cool about this title here, but I, I don't know. I'm just like having like nightmares of actually writing that headline yeah. in every single story oh, or, yeah. or like figuring out the right URL for Rebel slash Dreamer, a new type of Cinderella. SEO disaster. I, what is that? <laughs> and I don't know <laughs> if that'll be the ultimate title. That's just sort of what it's being referred to right yeah. now. But I think it is a, a pretty dramatic reimagining of you know Cinderella and, and that whole... Uh, story, you know, I saw Paris is Burning a few months ago, the, the documentary from, you know, about yeah. ballroom sort of culture and, and that kind of stuff. And I think it's going to go in that direction. Uh, you know, I, I, could, I could see Billy Porter really thriving in that world, um, you know, competitive sort of dance and fashion sort of stuff. I, I, I don't know. This Camilla Cabello, she's on SNL this weekend. Mm -hmm. If she walked into the studio, I wouldn't recognize her. I have no idea who she is. So it's a bit of a gamble, I think, for Sony. But she's, you know, she also has a fan base. It may not be me, but... You know, and I mean, that's great, too, though, to have someone that's not that recognized. You're not selling it on, quote-unquote, star power. She has a fan base, obviously. But can she act? That's, that's right. the question. But, I mean, and the thing for me, too, is, and going back to, like, Little Shop of Horrors and the remakes, it's, if you're going to do a remake, just please do something different. We don't want the same movie over and over again. Um, I look at something like Cabin Fever that literally took the same script oh, wow, that yeah. was written that they did. and just reshot it. Anymore. And it's like, what the point, or what is the point of this remake? There's no artistic value to just redoing something. So that's why the best remakes to me are like uh, Maniac uh, with Elijah Wood and like Evil Dead. Fede Alvarez is Evil Dead. They do something so different. And I really hope that's what these remakes take to it. I think that the cabin in the the cabin, cabin uh, fever. fever. I I don't know why. I did, didn't someone earlier today say cabin in the woods too? Yeah, it broke a day that, too. That's why it's in my head. But the cabin fever example of that I think is not the best one. But 
I still think there's something in just like the experimentation of seeing a script directed by two different directors where it's like I would almost pay to see, you know, a double feature of just two different interpretations on the same story. But that's not it's a very the interpretation ex- is admittedly in the script, it's a very though, no? expensive it's a very expensive uh, endeavor. But I I don't know. I would I would actually argue that I would prefer to see the same exact script in two different filmmakers hands with two different styles. As, as long as uh, Audrey Tui isn't vegan these days. <laughs> that's that's that, your comment here. That's yeah, a, that's a, a very insight. timely spin on that topic. Where did that even come from? The mind of Snyder. You're, you're, you're saying you want things an, different. I mean, I don't want, I don't want there's too different. A, there's an SNL. Uh, well, I guess, what? I mean, in the sense, aren't a, we kind a, of... A modern remake might have cast a man-eating plant as a vegan. Get it? It's a joke. I guess it wasn't a good one. <laughs> well, usually when I'm you have to explain here right them, now. they're not. It's too it's, early for this crap, Snyder. May, maybe an idea like that what? has uh, what? potential what? on an SNL sketch or something. I don't know. I'm trying to help you here, Jeff. All right. Let's get out of <laughs> this story topic. Like, I'm trying to help you. We're no done. We're done. Let's go helped. into some promos or some super cool content you're getting on the Collider Video YouTube channel. Check it out. Hey everyone, John Roca here, the host of Collider Mailbag. New episode drops every Saturday and Sunday in your face and in your ears, answering the questions from you fans about the world of entertainment, film, and television. Me and great guests from our sphere do the best to answer your questions from Twitter, from Instagram, and of course, email as well, every Saturday and Sunday. What's up, Collider fans? Ryan Satin here from ProWrestlingSheet.com, where you can find the top stories throughout the week in the world of professional wrestling. If you're a wrestling fan like myself, then you'd be doing yourself a disservice by not checking out all the shows we do every week on YouTube.com slash C slash Wrestling Sheet. In particular, on Wednesdays, we've got a SmackDown recap show hosted by John Roca and myself, where we pick apart and, and talk about every little thing that happened on the blue brand. So do yourself a favor and go subscribe at youtube.com slash c slash wrestling sheet all right i hope you're ready for yet another jeff snyder exclusive because we are about to talk about the uh training day prequel this is an interesting one that i didn't expect to see in the news feeds yesterday but jeff you broke it tell us about it yeah this one kind of came out of left field although it you know i did uh, on the rumor mill last week i said that there'd be a heat remake which i totally or i guess that was earlier this week i don't even know what day it is i don't um, think i was there i think it was, I was this like week. you know th- that's nonsense nobody's remaking heat but sure enough training day prequel so yeah they hired this blacklist writer uh nick yarborough i don't know who's going to end up producing it but the take that they have is pretty interesting it's going to be set 10 years earlier nine years earlier basically uh, on the eve of the Ronnie King verdict. And so, you know, you're really probably going to see where Alonzo learned this behavior. How did he become such a dirty cop with no morals? Probably by watching all the cops in the LAPD that were operating around the time of the Rodney King beating. Um, so that could be super interesting. Obviously, you know, the first place you go to is John David Washington should, should star. And, you know, he does sound like his father. He looks like his father. He would make sense. He stars in, you know, a huge Warner Brothers tentpole next year at Christopher, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. But it's also a lot to ask of a guy to like, hey, you know, he doesn't want to just keep getting his father's leftovers, I I would imagine, or, you know, that kind of thing. They're big shoes to fill for any actor, but I don't know. I I like it. 
When I first read the story, I was like, what? Like, why are we doing this? This isn't necessary. But instead of watching El Camino last night, I rewatched Training Day. And did you? I did. I like I, I haven't watched it in forever. So I decided that then was the right time to do it. And I'm definitely open to the idea. I wouldn't mind learning more about the character. I think the big question I have, given the period of his life that the story would take place in, is like, how do you wrap it up in in a satisfying way that isn't totally dependent on knowing exactly what came after? It's like, I would love to see this movie grow in a way where if someone out there hasn't seen Training Day, this is still a complete full story, whether or not you've seen that original film. So I think you can say a lot of, thing about mo- a lot of things about modern culture from this time period and i think that's the spin they're going to take on this obviously it's a it's a piece of history that is iconic i mean you know for maybe the wrong or right reasons but it also brings a lot of race class issues in that maybe are happening today and maybe need to be readdressed and i think that's the way they're going to go with this um and i'm kind of all for a prequel like that where i know john david washington is the easy pick here I also don't think he's the right pick. I don't know he's the right person to take that role right. over. And every time I keep thinking about it, I know I don't know if the ages work, but I think John Boyega could do a lot with this role. Mm. I just think of the way he does that stern look. And every time he does that in a film today, I always think of Denzel. So I think Boyega could bring a lot of intensity, and I think he could have a lot to do with this role. Huh. I'm with you. That's, I th- a, I think really, a, that's a really good call. I, I was thinking like- that on the, in the Uber all the way over here. I'm like, who could take this rollover? And literally the first thing, Boyega. I, I don't know why, but Attack the Block was the first thing I thought of. Because Attack just, the Block's amazing. I mean, number one, it's one of my favorite movies the last, I don't know, how many years. But yeah, I think of that face he makes and just the intensity he brings to that. I think if you translate that into a Training Day prequel, a, and Training Day is a film that obviously gave numerous actors Oscar nods and wins, it's large, large shoes to fill. But I think he can do that. Just because we spoke a little earlier about the Scorsese quotes and because Gemini Man is hitting theaters this weekend, is there any, even like the smallest fraction of a possibility that they could de-age Denzel? I believe I, I definitely <laughs> thought about it. I don't know that Denzel would be the kind of actor to go for that, though. Okay. Um, but I think that there is a lot. Like, Did you just shade Will Smith? Oh, I, you <laughs> bet, you bet I did. <laughs> I mean, was there a, 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 a rookie before Jake Hoyt, before Ethan Hawk that that didn't hack it like do they make reference to someone uh, who had sort of come and gone quickly no I mean he talks about uh, I mean uh, I mean to what- I, would, I would probably have to watch it again with that question in mind but I know that he brings up the other members of I, his of his squad I like the you know like the the older guy triumvirate you know uh, Harris Eulin and there's a couple like Tom Berenger exploring like those sort of LAPD capos yeah um, and then Scott Glenn and that character like yeah. you couldn't bring back Scott Glenn you'd have to cast a younger actor um, but that, like, I don't know. That could be interesting. And, and Boyega is someone who has some innocence and to watch him be corrupted. So yeah. at the end of the movie is like this really cynical thing. Like you've been promoted to detective Boyega. Detective you know. Boyega. <laughs> well, Whatever. Yeah, detective no. Harris. I mean, even just thinking <laughs> it in simple terms of, you know, uh, the Denzel character being in the Ethan Hawke's character shoes in a semi different setting. I, I think there's some real potential there. And you know what else, too? Bring back Antoine Foucault. Well, yeah, that uh, was going to be my next too. question. I think that's the make or break for this movie. You need to bring him back because that was his vision and what he brought to Training Day. I don't know if many other working directors can hit that same grittiness and that vibe. And, like, 
like you feel dirty after that film. Like I am for a real reason. I'm always hesitant to say that nobody else could do it because there's so right. many right. wonderful yeah, directors yeah. out there. But it's like if I had my choice right now, Training Day is a movie that is so directly tied to the vision that Anton Fuqua had for it. So I would vote to bring him back. But there's got to be like a hidden gem out well, there that could do it too. You know, WB and MGM had Creed, which you know I thought well nobody's going to be able so to fill true. Ryan Coogler's shoes. And Creed Two wasn't as good as Creed, but it was pretty decent for yeah. a yeah. sequel. Uh, and that was Stephen Cable Jr. So maybe they find sort of the next Antoine Fuqua. But in, uh, you know, the next David Ayer level. wrote the script for Training yeah. Day too, right? So I th- I think even more so, Training Day was the perfect combination of and or actually perfect balance between Fuqua and Ayer because I don't think you want to give Ayer full reign as we've seen before <laughs> but um having his script under uh fuqua and ha- having him do the actual direction i think that was a perfect balance right there so i don't know i know we're not getting air coming back for training day but what is he doing now i feel like i haven't heard that name he, he, he has the shia oh. labeouf movie yeah. the tax collector coming yep. out and oh, then he, okay, he's doing okay. another tank movie another dude loves tank tanks movie. <laughs> yeah alamine i, I kind of like fury <laughs> no i, I like fury yeah, too fury yeah good. fury was great all right, you guys ready for live chat questions? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we got a whole bunch today. I'm not prepared, but sure. All right, we got to start with, uh, I wanted to start with, oh, yes, the Charlie's Angels one. Here it is. Um, Alex Impression. Yeah, definitely didn't pronounce that right. Do you think, oh, do you think we might get Drew Cameron or Lucy cameos on the new Charlie's Angels movie? Ooh. So first off, just tell me what you thought of this trailer, because... I was grossly disappointed. This does not look good, and I want it to be good. It has so much style. It has so much of that. Well, I was gonna. I know the face you're making, Perry. It has so much style, but style in the sense that like it's covering something up, and it feels like you. I think you mentioned it before, Jeff. A little bit Men in Black internationally, where you're like, this could be fun, but also is this everything that we're gonna see in the movie? That, I'm middle I of the guess road. That's that's some sort I'm of middle style. of the road. I'm middle of the road on it. Uh, yeah, I don't think it looks very good. Uh, Kristen Stewart just looks super miscast to me. I, I just would not have ever put her in this franchise. The other two, you know, they look fine, but nobody knows who they are. Like, I, I do fear that this is going to flop for Sony. Uh, Elizabeth Banks, not sure I have the most confidence in her as a filmmaker. I like her just fine as an actress, but, you know, Pitch Perfect was a really good movie, and then she directed the sequel, and it was, ter- it was terrible. Um, so I haven't heard the best buzz about Charlie's Angels. Uh, any, I, I, f- I fear any movie that uh, has a trailer that ends with just like forty like bands and and you know music acts like come see the come, come hear the new Ariana Grande single like that's not a great sign. It feels like an event. It feels Although, like an event more than the like music a movie. was the best part of this trailer. I actually really like the song that they cut it. Well, also, it kind of plays into what the last Charlie's Angels film did. Like, wasn't it the Destiny's Child song? And then also, admittedly, that Charlie's Angels movie with uh, Drew Barrymore and all of them did sell me a Nokia. So. <laughs> It worked. Also, this trailer is <laughs> pro-day drinking, so of course I have to give it a little credit. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I'm glad they got to your heart that but way. Getting back to the real question, though, I mean, that is interesting. And I think if you look at the people in the film and with Elizabeth Banks directing and doing all like the creative stuff, I think it's a possibility those cameos happen. It seems totally possible yeah. that, you know, another cell of them somewhere out there would be operating. So it's a mere mention. That's th- all it takes. I think it would be a huge mistake. Uh, you can't bring in three better, more charismatic actresses <laughs> to the movie to to like literally highlight like the the 
I don't know the inefficiencies or whatever of this one. Like well, I, it just it seems like a bad comparison. Well, I want to shortchange the cast before seeing the film. No, I mean of that's one not. thing that like you know true. But I'm like, trying to look at the style and like the co- I've uh, actually got all but... the faith in the world in this cast. It's yeah. like even after seeing all these trailers, like I never would have said this is a bad group of people to lead a Charlie's Angels movie. I think I'm I'm hoping that this is just a completely botched promo campaign and there is a movie somewhere in here. But the fact that I'm not feeling the charm of Charlie's Angels through yeah. these trailers is a huge, huge problem, especially yeah. when how when we've got like a hugely competitive November ahead of us. I've just got a bad feeling that this is not going to be very good and it's going to get buried. All right. Let's take another question here. All right. This is a big one from Chris Robinson. So you might need to think about it for a sec. Oh what has been your favorite Netflix original movie so far? Ooh. Um, I feel like my mind went to not a movie, so I'm kind of cheating. But I have to say Hill House is one of my favorite things that they've ever made. I really love that series. I kind of really like I Don't Feel at Home in This World anymore. Oh, that was the... Yeah. That's a good uh, call. Is that a bad? I hated oh. that movie. That's but one that's one fine, Sundance, though. right? Yeah, I think huh. Elijah Wood and Melanie yes. Linsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But that's the kind of film it is, though. It's completely divisive. It's one of those, like... I'm not going to say mumblecore, but, you know, it does the whole, like, backwoods kind of Fargo-ish kind of thing. I think Elijah Wood kills his role. Um, I'm trying to look right now, actually, because I have a letterbox list of all my Netflix stuff. Oh, of course <laughs> you do. Can we, count tag it? Can we count upcoming movies? No. Have you Your seen favorite it? that you've seen? The Platform. Oh, Fine. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I Fine. No, th- yeah, yeah, that's not cheating. They didn't yeah. make that. Well, yeah. But, like, it's going to Netflix, so um, you can give The Platform a shout-out anytime you want. Uh, man. That, I mean, that's also the challenge here is sorting through which ones they actually produced and that's, which one they acquired. Are we acquired. counting acquisitions? Because, I mean, they acquire a ton. Yeah. Like, you look at the perfection and stuff like that. I mean, they just go to film festivals and snatch things I up. love the package. I, guys, if you have not seen the package, this is a movie where oh, a guy yeah. accidentally cuts off his own junk <laughs> and his friends have to get him to a hospital so they can reattach it. And it's awesome. You covered that, that seems a lot like a last movie. year, right? <laughs> that seems like a right up that your alley kind of film. Special. No, no oh, uh, uh, strong about Oak- feelings about, about Bird Box. Okja, Mudbound. Yeah. Just okay. All right. Well, sorry. Mudbound, Mudbound's quite good. Mudbound was good. Um, was like hit and miss for me. I like parts of it quite a bit. Although, let's be honest, it's the Lonely Island Bash Brothers. That's what it is. I mean. Incredible thoughts. Incredible man. No, that's no, what. That's, that's pop star. <laughs> Piece of no, no. nation. There's I love how we're all like just a, like this is riveting content involved in in the Bash Brothers. We're all thing. just looking at our laptops, reading things like, and this God, is riveting content. Yeah, Death, Death Note, not so much. Okay, I don't know. I'm off. All right, yeah. All right. Oh, I'm, the babysitter. Screw this. I'm going the babysitter. You That's what I'm doing. You suck. McGee. I like that. I like that choice. McGee's only good when movie. McGee's made the best thing. Car- <laughs> Cargo is also quite good. Oh, with Martin Freeman, the yeah. zombie movie. Yeah, Cargo's great. I, fine, I'll take that. All right, All right. babysitter and Cargo. That's done. Like a- no one's saying Roma though, and that's telling. I mean, that is. That is telling. Yeah, a little bit. You've seen the fucking Irishman. Well, I wasn't playing by your rules originally, admittedly. I think The Irishman is quite good. Also, did I just I add myself for I, not liking Roma? Like, <laughs> I also don't think I would put The Irishman on my list until I watch it again. Because I've seen it once, and when you're talking about... Especially when you're talking about a platform like Netflix, and I want to name something my favorite, 
on Netflix, it's because I like to sit there and repeat watch things. And, you know, admittedly, I've watched Bird Box a little too much. I don't think it's the greatest hey, thing uh, in the world, but that really could, suited that platform for me. We could me. all be talking about Dolomite next week. Who knows? That's fair. Oh, That's I fair. I need to see Dolomite. All right. Let's grab another random question. I'm trying to, like, weave in and out of the bread questions right now. I was now, just going to say, please I'm no bread. I'm going to say one bread question <laughs> for the bread. very end, but they're all over the place here. All right. In honor, this is from J. Scott for real. In honor of Gemini Man, what are your favorite movie scenes? Invo- oh, this is a hard one involving a doppelganger. Who is your on- and who is your on-screen doppelganger? You could, if you can't think of anything for the first one, you could skip it. My but who God. is your on-screen doppelganger? Really putting us on the spot here. <laughs> I want to say Paul Rudd, but it's probably Shia. Wait, should we answer <laughs> each other for this? Okay. Wait, hold on. Can we think of our own, or do we have to like assign? <laughs> like, who would be mine? Any- I don't have anyone for you. When huh. I, fun story. When I used to have long Bieber hair, everyone used to say Tom Cruise. What about John Mulaney? <laughs> Me? Do, do I have to look at the camera that's, or something? That's closer that, uh, to a doppelganger for him that I can okay. figure out right now. I'll so, so I'll take that. I mean, you guys know what I have to do. Anybody with not that I have bangs today, bangs, but yeah. anybody with bangs, it's like that's my doppelganger. I still, I still think uh, the constant Zimmer thing is the closest thing I've ever seen. So, wait, with the doppelganger question itself in films, are we talking? Can they be playing brothers or sisters, or do they have to be like? Jay Scott for real didn't make any rules, so you can make your own rules. So, right now. what if I say like Army Hammer playing in um, a Social Network two roles, oh. like of the same? I like I love him doing that. He had such great chemistry with himself. <laughs> I I guess that counts. Does that count? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to answer your question. I'm doing my I'm best not here. Try to answer it. <laughs> All right, you can just answer with uh, with your Shia answer. Yep. I think that works well enough. All right, take us another one. Uh, Wrecker R is asking, "What movie have you been watching for years and still discover something new?" That's a great question, actually. It's the movie that I'm seeing tonight. Halloween. Nice. All right, that's a good call. I'm trying to think of something I watched recently and found something new in it. I mean, mine is so niche that I... It, what I, is it? Oh, it's probably some, like, straight-to-DVD horror release, isn't it? I mean, it, it's it's Demon Wind. Like, it's it's this movie, Demon Wind, <laughs> that I've seen now eight I times. I to ask. <laughs> it's a 90s movie that got, like, no Demon release, Wind? and it got dug up later, and I've seen it, like, ten times within the last year. Just go on Twitter and type in Demon, Demon Wind. Wind. Yeah. It's the, it's the pinnacle of trash cinema, like, 90s trash horror. It's the funniest thing. It's trying to be The Fog and Evil Dead, and it never gets anywhere close to that. And it's amazing. Is it about John Roca? <laughs> Passes some <laughs> demon wind. What am I thinking of? Like, didn't you, did you ever see the movie The Wind that came out last year? Yes, of course. Yeah. Didn't didn't that have like a demon an alt title? Very much not that movie. I know it's, it's not that movie, that. but didn't that have an alt title with something with did the it really words have a demon, demon wind? And wind? I, I know it's not. just called The Wind now, but I'm pretty sure somewhere else it had so like everyone an out alt there title. go on Shutter and watch Demon Wind, oh, and God. I have to plug that, of course. And I think I'll go with like the polar opposite example. I'm going to say Brooklyn, just because when that movie hit theaters, it was when I was moving to L.A., and now that I've been here for so long, it's like every single time I watch it, I don't know, it just like instantly. Inspires me in a new way being so far Again, away. He said for years. How many times have yeah. you watched Brooklyn? I've watched it a lot. It was, I think, what was it, 2016? It was, or... You've watched it multiple times in the last four years? Yeah. That's, I, re- I, I really like to watch new movies. I really like that movie. 
My, re- my real like answer, though, is Jurassic Park. That's my real answer. I rewatch that over and over again. And even the technical aspects, just seeing little things and little details. Well, I think we all we all will know I've watched Jurassic Park. Yeah, I, I'm much, aware yeah. that you've... Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I have some Jurassic Park news for you. So uh, we'll talk after How the show. How do you say that live on the show we'll and now you keep can, it to we'll yourself? Talk after the show. Can, you, can you give me just a hint? Give me a hint. A little Jurassic World. Captain Marvel. Really? Okay. 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 I, I'm I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied enough. Uh, here's an important question from Scrambled Megs. I love your name. Oh, uh, brand, Twizzlers or Red Vines? Twizzlers, obviously. Yeah, that's not even a question. Twizzlers. Please don't say Red Vines. Red Vines. Oh, yes, masochist. I don't like uh, I don't like licorice in general, but I I have always preferred Red Vines. Can we get like a horror question? Can we get like a uh, October spooky question? <laughs> What do you want? I'm sorry. I keep seeing bread questions. Here's a horror question. Uh, Chrysia asks, if you were in a horror movie, do you think you'd make it to the end of the movie or would you fall into a horror movie trope and die? If not, what trope would you fall into? Matt, you are the first to go. So like, I'm so certain of that. <laughs> Wait, I'm the first to like, Yeah, you're the first to go. Why? Because you're, you're like the bro. You were drinking and weren't paying attention. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Yeah. I can't even argue that where I'd want. I've also like run zombie 5Ks and stuff like that. And I've never survived oh, I, one of those. I know. I, we so, ran one. As much as I want to say I would survive, there's no chance. That's hands that. down one of the most dangerous things I think we've ever done in our life. Oh, yeah. 100%. Do you remember when we, cover, when we climbed that gigantic plank of wood with no support whatsoever? No support and dirty mattresses under us and a concrete street. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah. That was an experience. Can I make a prediction for you? Jeff starts the movie as like the big jerk that nobody likes, but eventually he proves to be a reliable hero, but you're the last one to go saving the last remaining person. See, I was, I thought you were going to go the other way where like, he's the jerk the whole time, just like sacrificing everywhere else. And he he, somehow survives pushing everyone's (laughs) buttons at the beginning. And then, then he shows his true colors. First of all, (laughs) I definitely would survive a horror movie because I, I I know what to do and what not to do. Cause I watch scream a lot. Um, we all know that that character does not always survive. Say, wait, hold on. <laughs> he survived the movie. He survived one movie. Oh, a movie. He survived. That's enough for me, okay? <laughs> if I did succumb to a killer, obviously you know why. I'd be having sex, guys. I knew you were going to go there, but I just wasn't saying it. <laughs> so I'm drunk. You're horny. I would be and- Nev Campbell. I run away. And skeeter. Those are all tropes. Yeah, they're all. Yeah. So we all fall into horror movie tropes somehow. Yeah. Okay. That's, all right. That's that fair. sounds yep. appropriate. All right. Let's get one more question before I dare touch a bread question. All right. How about this one? The next big rap star 92 is asking us what candy is like your diehard favorite candy from childhood. Oh, Reese's Pieces. No hesitation. Reese's Pieces over Reese's Peanut Butter Cups? 100%. Yep. No. And over Peanut Butter M&M's, and I'll stand by that. Peanut Butter M&M's are quite good, but Reese's Peanut Butter Cups trumps both of those. SPK for life, dog. Salt, pepper, ketchup? What? <laughs> I'm from Jersey. That's salt, pepper, ketchup to me, man. <laughs> salt, pepper, Sour ketchup? Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, there you go. Okay. No, no, no. You need you need the chocolate in there. It's either, uh, it's either Reese's Peanut uh-huh. Butter Cups or... A dark chocolate Hershey You know bar. what, though? Like Bunch of Crunch in a movie theater? Oh, that was my go-to. Bunch, bunch of Crunch, crunch. Do those still exist? I don't know, but yes, if they but do... Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. Okay. It's still there. I need to go get some Bunch of Crunch That was my movie candy 24-7. All right. Do we want a bread question that pertains to Breaking Bad or... No. 
a bread question that pertains to Charlie's Angels. Breaking bad. <laughs> Charlie's Angels. Screw this. Let's, right, do, let's, let's go full force. Right, we're going to do both of them. Let's just do it. Zeno Hour has the, uh, the Breaking Bad one. What was Walter White's favorite bread? Is there blue bread? Like a, a marble? No, no, I'm trying to think of like a colored bread, but like, do you ever get that like rainbow bread when you were a kid? Oh, is, like, like literally you mean they like dye the, it and like swirl the, rainbows into oh, the like color. Oh, like when they make like rainbow bagels and stuff. Yeah, yeah, dude, they were doing rainbow bread like when I was a kid, man. Come on, uh, man. What, How do you answer that question? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> These questions break me every time I'm on this <laughs> show. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Explain yourself. You can't just throw bread out. <laughs> It sounds like the title of a Breaking Bad episode, though. Ciabatta. Ciabatta. It does. It All right. Does. I think that's our winning answer. Sourdough. Everyone says sourdough whenever we oh. say any bread question now. That seems to be the Because it has sour in kick. the title and it's like descriptive somehow. I don't know. There's some sort of blue bread it's out there bread that I'm not thinking question. There's about. no answer. <laughs> All right. Well, let's try to have an answer for this one from... Oh, this is Alex again. Which one of the three angels would you choose to promote your new bread, <laughs> bread brand? Who's promoting I, your bread? Kristen Stewart. She's the only one anybody recognizes. But um, what kind of bread is it? Because I guess it's that your, would... it's your. I can't even say bread brand because it's very difficult. But it's your bread brand. What do you want me to say here? What do you want me to do with these questions? I want, I want you to get creative, man. Uh, uh. I mean, I'd probably go with Kristen Stewart too, though. I like what else? We're Centennial selling bread here, dude. He's a sleeper. In this oh, draft. good call. That's. You could sell a like, lot of bread. Wait, so we're going outside the angels too? I can do like outside the three angels. Or? I think I think this question did specify the three angels, right. but if you have an option outside Sorry. of the angels, I will entertain it right now. I mean, I think Kristen Stewart is underrated. She doesn't get the credit she deserves. I'm going to give her my bread. See, I still think there's too many people out there who say she was in Twilight. I yep. don't like her, so they're not going to buy your bread. Which is why I would go for Naomi Scott, who seems to be the ultimate crowd pleaser right now. But you know what? Those people the suck, and I'm still going to go with my gut there. <laughs> I just wanted to throw a curveball in the mix. All right. That's a wrap on Movie Talk for Friday for the week. We I'm left broken. you with a little bread. I hope you're happy about it. Jeff, Matt, thank you so much for being here today. Adam in the booth, Dorian in the live chat, thank you guys so much for your hard work. A huge thanks to everybody out there watching this show. What you need to do right now is you need to like and share this episode of Collider Movie Talk. Then you need to go on over to Collider Live because they're live at 10 a.m. Pacific. We will see you right back at this desk Monday at 9 a.m. Have a good weekend, everyone. Peace. Hello, Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 $3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.